guess what? I'm inching toward a very big number, 1,000. That's right, I've interviewed nearly 1,000 women over the course of my career. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. And I'm not sure if I've ever told you this story, but way back in the day, when I was just getting started in radio at Magic 106.7 in Boston, I had an idea, a brainstorm really, about a female-centric weekly show featuring women who made the headlines and others who made things happen quietly in their lives, not just for themselves, but for the people they love. I pitched it to my boss. He really liked the idea. There was just one problem for me, and that was I had never interviewed anyone before. I'm serious. So I went into the newsroom and I asked our news director, a woman named Gay Vernon, whom I admired very much, and I asked her to teach me how to be an interviewer, and she did. And I also asked her if she wanted to co-host the show with me, and we called it Exceptional Women. Over the next 23 years, we interviewed 600 women from every walk of life, including superstars like Mariah Carey. We interviewed first ladies, even the first woman in space. It was a trailblazing show that spawned hundreds of similar shows on radio all across the United States. And we ended up creating the most successful program produced by and for women on the radio in America. When I left the station, I created this series and another series, I don't know if you've listened to this one yet, called Country Music Success Stories. So. There you have it. I really am inching closer and closer to that big number, 1,000. I'm telling you this story because having a great idea and acting on it, nurturing it into reality and believing in its merit is a lot like finding buried treasure at the bottom of the ocean. It's magical. And the woman you are about to meet has spent her career focused on innovation, new ideas, methods, and products. Her clients are trailblazing entrepreneurs who have taken their great ideas and turned them into thriving multi-million dollar businesses. And they've had to be brave and bold in order to do this, often walking a path no one else has walked before. She is the managing partner of a company called Captains of Innovation. And I couldn't wait to find out all about the inspiring, idea-driven work she does what makes her tick on a personal level, and how she got to where she is today. Her name is Carrie Allen, and this is her story. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Candy. I'm delighted to be here. Tell us a little bit about the mission of Captains of Innovation. CIC Captains of Innovation is a boutique consultancy. We are a subsidiary of CIC, which is the Cambridge Innovation Center. And what we do is help large corporations, academics, and even economic development agencies really build innovation. We like to say we're innovation builders. And so what does that mean? We can help come up with new ideas, look for new technology. We do strategy. It's all about thinking about the new and possibly disrupting yourself as you adapt to changing society. It's one thing, though, Carrie, to have a shiny new idea or a product. It's another thing to bring it to life. And the companies that you work with do just that. They're idea people. So tell us your success stories. Well, we have a suite of offerings that we engage our partners with. And I can give one example, a digital health company in the fall of 2021 
did one of our think tanks with us. And our think tanks are where we bring together a multidisciplinary group of experts to brainstorm. We sort of curate a process over two days, at the end of which we come up with really new, bold, future-focused ideas for them. And this particular company had filed two patents and had 10 new actionable business ideas after. So it's really important, especially if you're a business and you're innovating, that you keep innovating yourself. So you also provide an environment for ideas to continue to grow. Exactly. When a client comes to Captains of Innovation, what are they looking for? Oftentimes, they're at different spectrums of innovation, and we work with really large corporations, and it can be different groups within that corporation. So sometimes they have different goals. It could be the venture team looking for new startups to acquire or to forge new businesses with, but also it can be the idea team within a company or the R&D team where they're really trying to think of what is something new. Oftentimes, we try to really encourage them to really think outside their lane so that they can really future-proof their business. Isn't it so true that it's about relationships? It doesn't matter who I talk to from any walk of life. It's always about the relationships we build. Has this been true for Captains of Innovation? 100%. And I would say that teamwork and collaboration is critical for anything you're doing, and it's really important for corporations to look outside themselves. It's called open innovation when you engage ideas from outside your corporate walls. And so teamwork, you really forge a partnership with these corporations to really help support them to think about what's next. Some new companies start out strong and they go the distance. Others shoot out of the gate and they fail. Some just skate their lane and they never quite get to the greatness that they had in mind in the first place. What are the qualities of the companies that dazzle and succeed in big ways? Well, those that really succeed actually can navigate ambiguity, right? It's really hard to innovate. It's not a linear process, and it's oftentimes circuitous. And so if you fail, you learn from that, you pick yourself up, and you might go in a new direction. And so if they're going to look for one new idea, they should look for maybe 10 new ideas because not all startups, not all ideas come to fruition. And so you've got to hedge your bets and take small bets to really play in different areas. But it's about building the right team also that can help. American ingenuity. Yes. Is that still a thing? Is it alive and well? It is alive and well. I meet new people every day. That's what keeps me going and excited is that tackling new business ideas, new problems, really trying to build solutions for our partners. Well, you're somebody who works at the epicenter of the technology and the innovation that is in Cambridge, Massachusetts, in the shadow of MIT and of Harvard. So what are you seeing that's exciting you about new innovations for our future? What's really exciting is that people are looking at how we live as humans, right? And so you think about sustainability, food, nutrition, health, and wellness. Everyone's dappling and looking at that. And since the pandemic, every company has to rethink how they do their systems and their business because everything's changed with what we expect as humans and how we engage with the world. So everyone needs to rethink that. Well, I was just going to ask you about the pandemic because it not only changed the way we work. And the way we feel about ourselves and our concerns about our health and all the things. But in your opinion, did it change the way we innovate? I would say it definitely changed the way we innovate. So when the pandemic hit in 2020, hit the shores of the United States in 2020, immediately everyone went home. And so actually, 
the pandemic and forcing everyone to start working from home sort of sped us up, I would say, 30 years in terms of how we work and how we engage. And you've got now all generations who know how to Zoom and get on their iPads or their phones, right? And before that, you would never have thought that multi-generations could have their family Zoom calls, right? And so that's changed how we behave. I don't think we can talk about innovation without talking about AI. Yes. Does it scare you? Does it fascinate you? Give me your honest feelings about that. It absolutely fascinates me. I've got a little bit of trepidation about what might be, right? And everyone thinks about that. What if the AI takes over? But it's hugely important and it's changing rapidly for what we do. I do believe that where we are at this very moment is a long path from where we started. So can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and what was life like in your house? Sure. Well, I was born in Kentucky, but I grew up mostly in Virginia. So you're a Southern girl. I am a Southern girl. (laughs) Early life was not easy for me. My parents divorced when I was young, and my mother took my brother and moved to Kentucky while my sister and I lived with my father in Virginia. But someone who really helped inform a lot of me as a person was my grandmother, my paternal grandmother in Virginia. So I had that constant and inspiration from her. That's so hard to have had your brother move away with your mom and really your family kind of split in two, didn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your grandmother? She was a fantastic woman. In fact, I even went to college where she went to college. She was such an inspiration. She graduated from college in 1933 and then wow. went on to get her master's. She grew up in the Depression. She married my grandfather, who then went away to World War II for four years while she raised two small children. And so she always taught me to make do with what you have, work really, really hard, yet she always did it incredibly stylishly and was so creative. How did you stay in touch with your brother, or did you lose touch with him when you were growing up? Well, we saw him several times a year. We would all get together, and then, sadly, he did pass away in 2001. So so then I lost my brother. So as I said, there's been a lot of trauma, but, you know, it makes you more resilient as a person. I think I've done really well in business because of maybe some of the traumas I've had throughout my life. Isn't it so interesting? And that's really what we always find out. When I sit down with someone like you, I always find out, aha, this is where the resiliency comes from. Right, right. Loss is also as painful and traumatic as it is. It's a great teacher and it centers us and it gives us a sense of what really matters exactly. most. You mentioned college. Where did you go to school? And we now know it was your grandmother's influence yes, there. Yes. I went to a small liberal arts college in Virginia. It was called Randolph-Macon Women's College when I graduated. Now it's called Randolph College. It has gone co-ed. It was in Lynchburg, Virginia. Did you know what you wanted to do when you went away to school? What's funny is going into school, I was like, I want a business major because one day I want to run a corporation. And so they had an economics major, not a business major. But when I started economics, because it was a liberal arts college, I was required to take the foundations of art as well. And so I ended up getting a painting major because I loved it so much. And then a French minor. And those things that I studied have helped formed my different trajectories. Isn't that so interesting that you were able to take those gifts and bring them all together? Did you have a mentor along the way, somebody who reached out and kind of gave you a hand? I would say I've had many mentors along the way. One first mentor was actually a trustee at the college who was really inspiring. Initially, uh, right out of college, I went into the financial services, and she was one of the partners there. But actually, once I came to Massachusetts, Jill Medvedal, the director of the ICA, 
I started to work as her executive assistant, and within four months, I was chief of staff of the ICA at a time where they were building the new building, building new systems, and she was so bold and so smart that she really took me under her wing, and I owe a lot to Jill. So. Well, we are heard not just here in the Boston area, but all around the world. So tell everybody what the ICA is. The Institute of Contemporary Art in Boston. And what do you find there? It's such amazing, a magnificent place. amazing contemporary art exhibitions by really just incredible artists. Every job that we have teaches us something. And along the way, I always hope we take something, the best of it. Give us some career highlights about what you've learned along the way. Well, I've learned that you can actually reinvent yourself each time, right? So when I was at the ICA, I thought, well, my next move is that I'm going to be the director of an art museum. And then a Harvard professor approached me and asked me to come and create an education program with him. So then for nine years, I had launched the Art Science Prize, which was a multidisciplinary innovation education program that I grew to 23 sites around the world. Huge! And, and then I went to corporate consulting, right? So all very different fields. Do you think that our lives come in chapters? Absolutely. Yes. I'm in a really great chapter now. So. How does this feel? This chapter is amazing. I'm married to the love of my life. I am having so much fun with corporate innovation. We're consulting with innovation districts globally. So you're meeting new people and, you know, presented with amazing challenges. Talk to us a little bit about what your leadership philosophy is. Well, my leadership philosophy is to build an amazing team around you that you can trust those people. If you give them enough guidance and leeway, they can build just with you. So it's not just your own alone directing, but you're really building an amazing team that's collaboration and you do great things together. We all have aha moments in our lives when we realize with either what's going really well or that wow moment of, oh, I'm in the wrong movie. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Has that happened to you? Yes, absolutely. And sometimes what's really important for me especially is to kind of step back and get some perspective to really find out a clear picture of what you want and how you want things to go and what's the key priority for you at that time. Are you someone who has to balance being in the corporate world with being a mom? Do you have children? I do. My husband and I have four between us. I birthed two, and then I have two bonus amazing children. And so I balance having four kids and doing many other passion projects and running a corporate consulting firm. Tell me how motherhood changed you. Motherhood completely changed me in that I wanted to give my two. I was a single mom. And so balance making sure they got the nutrition, the love, the guidance, all the things that would help them become amazing individuals. And I'm really proud that they are today. You know, I was a single mom for 15 years. I'll share that with you, Carrie. And I look back on those 15 years, and it's what I'm most proud of. Yes. Because I see my children, and I know that they thrived even under difficult circumstances. Exactly. And then I found the love of my life, just like you did, and I have three bonus children. And being a stepmom was not a challenge for me because I knew that I had lots of love to give, and I already had my own kids, so I knew how to do it. Exactly. How did it work for you? We've been married seven years, so I'm a little bit older, but the you know, just I have such a great relationship with my stepkids. And, and just, I don't try to be their mom. No. You just be a loving guidance that's there when support is needed, and it actually makes the family bigger, and a blended family is a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I gave you your lovely mug, yes. and then you have this lovely little kerchief on, and you told me I was going to ask you about your passions and what you do in your spare time, only to find out that you have a little side hustle. So yes. tell us all about yes. that. 
So in 2018, my husband and I launched August Table. I design linens. We do tablecloths, dish towels, but we also do scarves. And so I get my creative itch scratched by designing these linens. And we work with a partner in India who fabricates them for us. And you are an artist at heart, as you've already explained. Yes. If people want to find out more about August Table, what should they do? They can go to augusttable.com. I have some questions that we ask everyone who sits where you are. So suddenly you're finding yourself in the hot seat. Mm -hmm. What do you wish you knew when you first got started in your career? I wish that someone had said you don't need to plan everything out because it's not going to work exactly like that as you think it's going to anyways, and that it's okay to make changes and to shift gears. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? Well, I like to kind of really look at the obstacle, figure out how you can tear it apart. But from the corporate lens, we help our partners. We created something called the Resiliency Navigator, which is a scenario planning tool. I need this. Yes. You know, and it actually has helped inform me in life too, right? And so scenario planning started in the 70s by Shell, and they have survived for decades and decades because when you look at what are the four different scenarios that could happen over the next year, From everything from external forces to political forces to your company to your supply chain, and then you make up different scenarios, it actually prepares you on how to be resilient. And so that when you get those triggers, you say, okay, well, now we're actually at the number four, which we were in the pandemic year. We'd done it for ourselves. We knew what to do to make sure we thrived and uh, continued and sustained ourselves. Taking a dose of your own medicine when it comes to resiliency, right? Exactly. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received in your life? And this can be personal or professional. Can you share it with our listeners today, Carrie? I would say to use your imagination because nothing is static. Our brains are even plastic. And so whatever situation you're in today, this very moment, whether it's personal or your job, you can change it. You dream it, you imagine it, and then you start to pursue your dreams. In this chapter in your life, Captains of Innovation, what's your greatest hope for this incredible company? Well, we are in rapid growth right now. So we are scaling up our staffing and the tools with which we can support more people because we're a part of CIC's global network and we want to be able to support companies and innovation districts globally as CIC grows as well. Final question, how do you define success? What does it mean to you? Success for me personally is finding a balanced life, right? Because you've got work, you've got family, you also have to pursue your passions. And so success for me is that I find joy every day going to work or at home to really balance everything. I want to say thank you so much for bringing me my lovely pretty kerchiefs and for sharing your story with us today on the story behind her success. Carrie Allen. Thank you, Candy. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Carrie Allen, Managing Director of Captains of Innovation. Find out more about her company at captains.cic.com. Follow them on Twitter, CIC Captains. Thank you for all of the emails you've been sending me with amazing suggestions about women I should feature on the show. Just keep those ideas coming. I need you to be my eyes and ears, not only here in Boston, but all around the world. Women are doing great things everywhere. Don't you agree? You know what to do. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.